Hey, hey, shut up. Oh, okay. Shut up. Sit down. Shut up. It's okay. Deep breaths. In through the nose doors. Out through the mouth. Here we go. Woosa. Woosa. It's week one. Chill the fuck out. It's gonna be okay. Listen to my voice. It's not like I'm trying to put you to sleep right now. You know, I just only realized uh, about 10 seconds into that, you weren't actually talking to me. You were talking to the people. The people. The, the people need to hear this. They do. If you're 0-1, your season's not over. If you're 1-0, you're not going to win the chip. Be realistic. Your team sucks. You got lucky. It's okay. <laughs> it happens. Your team put up a stinker. It's okay. Could have been week eight, but it happened week one. I know you're excited. Relax. Breathe. But still, hold my day. I, you know, I was gonna make a comment about it. Then you just did it. That's great. I love it. Tones you mentioned. If you're zero and one, don't panic. It's gonna be okay. Funny enough, you and I with the lowest point totals of the week, and here we are back on the mic. <laughs> Not. Not good. The last time, Tones, you and I played a competitive fantasy football match, we both <laughs> lost and were eliminated from the playoffs. And now we come out in week one after talking uh, three episodes yeah. about how much we know yeah. about football yeah. um, and then put up the two lowest point totals of the week. For the record, I put up more than you by like 0.5, just for what it's wow. worth. Wow. Yeah. So you Am suck. I dead last right now? Absolutely oh. last. <laughs> Damn, that is harsh. Uh, yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Um, yeah, that's tough. We got to we gotta get some dubs this year. We're I think so. Some dubs. I think we are uh, just obviously not this week. Tones, week one means overreactions. Uh, let me hit you with a few. You can hit me with a few of yours. Yeah. Uh, the Finns and Saints will combine to go 34-0 this year. Oh, yes. Absolute powerhouse teams. <laughs> See you in the Super Bowl. Uh, it'll be great. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is washed. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. John He's Gruden. Dunzo, Sunzo. He looks like a shit. Like, he looks like a mess. He does look bad, yeah. Uh, John Gruden is the best coach of the NFL. <laughs> Going to win coach of the year. <laughs> that game was an atrocity, but it was also incredible last night. Very bad. Uh, Brandon Ayuk is signing his CFL contract <laughs> as we speak, and I think Zeke and Henry will be the, respectively, uh, RB50 and RB51. Uh-oh. Hear that year. one, Mike? They're bad. I got... Uh, Jameis Winston is obviously the Super Bowl MVP this year. Okay, it's so, like obviously. So clearly, you guys are going to beat us in the Super Bowl. That's obviously a prediction. On I yours. mean, it's yeah, it goes without saying. Yeah, let's okay. be serious. We've been there before. Darren Waller, um, three hundred and four targets on pace, one hundred and sixty <laughs> receptions, sixteen hundred yards, sixteen TDs. Is that good? Nineteen targets on Monday night. Nineteen. Yeah. Then they realize they have an offense. Shout out Brian Edwards. Uh, Rich, winless season. Get him out of here. <laughs> Get him out of here. Who's, who said he was going undefeated? Okay. That was your bold prediction, actually, from last week. Um, Rich was going to go undefeated. Doesn't make it out of the gate week one. Gets defeated. Tones, does he now have to change his team name to the Dotto Slayer? Or yeah. from the Dotto Slayer he, to... He's got to find a new else. one. Yeah, yeah that's, that's it. That, those are the rules. Yeah. Those are the rules. All right, Tones, give me your takeaways then from the first week of the half peeper. Because obviously we come in with some excitement. There are new uh, scoring totals that we're going to see. Any big takeaways that you had uh, after seeing the week one scores? Yeah, so like just an oversight, like, I mean, we made a lot of rule changes, like you said. Um, defense is love. Fourth down stops, getting points for that was really actually a lot of fun to watch because yep. like your defense is, it's a fourth down. You're like, oh my God, it's like fourth and inches. And you're like, get the start. And then when you do it, it's fucking, it's sick, man. It's like your own team just got, like, I really love that. It's a great addition. Uh, I think the kicker field goal thing was a great success. And then in terms of half PPR, just overview of looking at the scores right now, other than like maybe three teams, 
which were Ryan, Dan, and Nick somehow, for the most part, the scores weren't that crazy. Like 120, 114, 108, God help us, you and me, yikes. Uh, A couple teams won with 120. Like, that's not really insane, right? Like, that shit happened in years past. Yeah, I agree, totally. It's just not shocking to me whatsoever that the teams that you mentioned that were going to put up those high point totals, the ones who actually did, uh, pretty funny there. And and I think that's a good thing to see because the people like Rob who were concerned about, oh my God, PPR is so overpowered, PPR is so overpowered. It's not. This is Half PPR is a perfect little balance. It doesn't mean every player is all of a sudden sick just because they got fucking 10 catches. Like, no, it's only five points. Like, relax. And I want to go back to the kicker uh, comment that you made. I, I think it was a great success, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at the totals of the guys... From this week, I mean, across the board, I won't won't say them out loud, but I'm looking at all the matchups as we speak. And across the board, it just looks very fair. And it doesn't look like anyone kind of overpowered anybody else. And um, I think my favorite kicker takeaway from the week, to be honest, was that Mike's Graham Gano, the one that the people told him to take, Uh, the 20th ranked on my list, 20th ranked kicker. They said it. They they said it. He had the lowest kicking total of the week amongst all 10 uh, teams with one PAT made. Uh, tough, oh, tough scenes tough. for Graham Gano. Who is he on? What team? The Giants. The Giants was a weirdo team. Mike. One of, if not figure it out. the worst team uh, in the NFL. Mike's dropping 30 bucks on a kicker this week? No, no doubt. No doubt. I thought that we had a great first week. Um, yeah. And going back to the fourth down stops was the other thing I wanted to say. I was playing the Rams defense, which mm. Rams defense, I did terrible things to other people with last year. So I know how they operate. Um, I watched them stop uh, who'd they play on Sunday night? Give me a help. Give me a hand uh, here. Chicago. Sorry. Yeah. I watched Denver's. them stop Andy Dalton four different times, which was four points for Rob. And even as the opponent of Rob, who was going up against that, I felt invested in that. And I really feel like as we go on in the, on in this year, what we're going to come into next season with is a concept that I hope everyone buys into. And that's that we want to make this league obviously as fair as possible, but the more engaging it can be, the more reasons we have to have fun with it. Why do you play a, pro- a player prop ticket on a primetime game? You don't actually think you're going to win the money. You just want to make the game as engaging, as fun as possible for you. That's why people bet overs, right? It's more fun to cheer for overs, Exactly. Right? Yep. And that's exactly what I'm hoping we can achieve in the next couple of years, especially with the changes that we made this year. The kicker points was interesting. The fourth down stops, it's engaging. And if you're watching it and red zone cuts to it at three, 5 p.m. all of a sudden you have a, a stake in that on either end of the matchup which i think is really interesting i love it so much it's yeah. gonna be good um who do we think tones are the happiest and most sad people uh after week one i'll tell you who i'm happy for i'm happy for sean mcveigh mm. i'm happy for him because you and i have listened to flying coach and we know that he is a uh, a brilliant mind everyone knows that but we also know how much he fucking loves matthew stafford and how much it is so obvious how much he hated Jared Goff. Yeah, oh yeah. And maybe like he's a nice guy and like Jared once said he wanted to pipe Sean's girlfriend and that was a whole thing once upon a time. But Sean McVay unleashes Stafford right away. Stafford's happy, Sean McVay is happy, but I'm happy for McVay because I think that he hasn't gotten enough credit for being as smart as he is because he's been he's been hindered mm-hmm. by something that's beyond his control. I'm also very happy for Jameis. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really have to go into that because as you well know, Jameis, happy man, Saints fans, happy. Although that one throw to the tight end, we both saw He had that. a couple. He had a couple annoyed me, but it's okay. The guy was wide open. Like, put it in his bread basket. <laughs> there was a couple moments. Like, he was great. I can't knock it. He was awesome. He looked so much better. 
I'm not going to bore everyone with the fucking full breakdown of Jameis's mechanics, but he had like, there was like one pass where like Kamara runs his little option route to the out. Yeah. And like he had to, he threw it too high and Kamara had to reach up for it. And I'm like, oh my God, man, a safety is going to come down one day and just fucking plow Kamara there and yeah. he's going to be dead. And that's the one that Breeze puts where, right where he needs to be is where he can run into the ball and then cut up field. Kamara had to make a like spectacular catch unnecessarily. And it was only a two-year game, but it's okay. Jameis, happy for him. Yeah. Reviving his career. He's going to do great in New Orleans. I'm very, very optimistic about my team right Just now. Just had some jitters. Who are you uh, Who are you happy for after week one? I'm happy for us non-Aaron Rodgers fans. Ah, uh, yes, of course. If you're anti-Aaron Rodgers, welcome to the club. Join me. He's a piece of shit. He has been for fucking years. And he proved it. Throws a hissy fit. Goes fucking ballistic in this offseason. Shows up to camp. Spews his all everyone's drama out to the media, which you just don't fucking do. He has like a 30-minute tell-all press conference. Like he's on The View. Like, and he comes out and lays an egg like that week one. Give me a fucking break. Shut up. Go to work. Get your shit done. Win games. That was embarrassing. He should be embarrassed. It was, but he has the Lions in week two in primetime. Big time get ready. Just going to throw that out there. Take the over on his touchdowns next Uh, week. Who am I sad for? I am sad for Baker Mayfield, who Mm. had a chance to not only win the game uh, earlier in the game, and they were actually in control of that game against the Chiefs, the Browns were, uh, but he also had a chance to go down and win it, and he made just a boneheaded flip. I mean, he got tackled, I know, at the legs. But dumb play, intercepted, and I'm like, oh, right, it's the Browns. Mm. Now, obviously, tough matchup. But now back-to-back games that they f- feel like they should have won against an AFC opponent that is going to be there at the end of, for them this year. And it's tough. And then in turn, I'm sad for Browns fans because mm. as good as they get, they still won't be great because there are better teams in the AFC. And if the Browns were in the NFC, maybe I'm having a different conversation. Maybe. But the AFC, I don't know how the hell they get out of there. So I'm sad for Browns fans. Who are they, you? They have them on the they had the Chiefs on the ropes twice in the last eight months. Good teams get it done. Bad teams don't. We'll see what happens. But all anyway. it takes is one. Yep. Anybody you're sad for? Uh, people who drafted literally any 49er. <laughs> <laughs> this team, man, holy shit, bro! I loved Ayuk. You loved Ayuk. Where was Brandon Ayuk this week? Like first round guy, second year, yep. first round. Yeah, you're done. Why? We don't know the reason. It's fucking crazy. A hammy injury. He gets outplayed by Trent Truff. I mean, like, give me a break. You um, mentioned Mo- Mostert's dead. Yes. So oh, if you drafted Sermon, i.e. you, you're in deep shit. We'll talk I more mean, about I Sermon Debo later. Drafters are pretty happy, but like, wait till he drops two for 13 next week and then, then look what happens. Absolutely. You mentioned a couple guys that we are going to discuss in the matchups. First of all, Mostert want to say, obviously, the news breaking today. He's out for the season with a knee injury honestly what was like what were the odds for first person to be out for the year in terms of just like like if you were to go on a betting website and like first person to like lose their season from week one on though like the uh, yeah like guys have been hurt of course i I know but like it's like the first note that came out was that moster gets hurt and now he's out for the season (laughs) week one it's like the least shocking thing tough of course he's out poor guy uh genera not happy uh jerry judy four to six weeks with a high ankle he will be back but i don't know how much it's gonna bother him this year yeah he's on rich's squad and my boy ryan fitzpatrick six to eight weeks with a hip injury i'm disappointed for the content i really am i same i was very sad i love fitz he's an absolute goofball for fantasy and real football i don't honestly don't think there's that much difference between heineke and him but like man i wanted to see fitz i wanted to see that beard have a good time this year because i thought this team was going to be good i still do but heineke um, though great name can't wait to see heineken he was great in the playoffs he was great he was was really good against tampa that was a good game they Uh, almost beat them 
They almost did. They had him there. Why don't we go into oh, the matchups? It. Yes. Why don't we go into the matchups, Tones? Oh, it feels good. And and before and right before we do, I just want to say it feels very good to get into the meat of the season. Mm. We are mm. into the season. Mm. We had fun with the preseason pods, but we know that it's just not quite competitive fantasy football, and this is what we're here for. So we go into it as Ryan, our first victor of the week, or so we say. He moves to 1-0. He defeats Mike. 148 to 123 had it in control all the way mike was thinking it was interesting on monday night it really wasn't that interesting nah. let's start with some of the negatives for mike dotto uh which he won't like to hear zeke and henry combined for 13 points that's bad i, I think i'm a little more worried about henry hmm. want to hear what you think about that your thoughts between the two of them if you wanted to pick somebody that you're really worried about I, yeah, I think it's Henry. God damn it. Every fucking year I go against this guy and he's going to burn me. He's going to have 35 points next week. Um, I'm worried about Henry and like that offense. I'm kind of worried. I, like, I don't want to overreact to week one. Like I said, off the top, Woosah, relax. You know what I mean? But they lost Arthur Smith. They did. Not a lot of people were talking about that this offseason. It was kind of on the back of my mind as an AJ Brown owner and then as a Ryan Tannehill targeter and then drafter. Um, I didn't think it'd be this bad, man. They had totally abandoned play action. You have Derrick Henry. How does that happen? Like, it just seems like maybe it was just a bad game. Buddy boy on the other side there, Chandler Jones, has just straight up ruined the game for, for them. Like, yeah. he abused Tyler, Taylor Lewan the whole game. But Henry was just a non-factor, and this is my worry about him. Their defense is so bad. Like, it's historically bad last year. It's going to be historically bad this year. And if their offense isn't as efficient, it's going to take a step back no matter they're, what. They're going to be down. Then game. what? What's going to happen? Henry doesn't catch passes, man. Like, he doesn't catch passes. So he's got to break off the big one in order to be fantasy viable, I think, or get into the red zone often. But, like, he's going to have a lot of more games like this than, than we're used to seeing from him. And he's very capable of doing that. I can't remember how many times last year it happened, but quite a few where he went into the half with like three and a half fantasy points. And then there comes the big one or mm. two or three. They get the touchdowns for him in the second half. I'm not worried about Zeke. I don't even want to say I'm all that worried about Henry as a player. I'm not worried about the tread or anything like that. You made a great point about the offense though. And I saw that they had just they hired the offensive coordinator replacement for Arthur Smith was some guy who had been in the system for a long time. Yeah, tight ends he was coach, tight which ends is coach. what Arthur Smith was prior. So who knows? This guy could be good. We don't know. Sure. We don't know, but it's just a guy. Um, the thing about Zeke is that he went up against arguably the toughest yeah. run stopping defense in the league. Um, and they threw the ball like Dak threw the ball a shocking amount of times. And that was their game plan. You watch that game. Yeah. Like we were taping the pod and I rewatched the second half. So because I didn't get to watch a lot of it. And I was like, man, this was very clearly like, let's not run against this front let's we've saved Dak all preseason he was on this pitch count the whole time let's unleash him here let's go and feed our absolute stud wide receivers that was clearly the game plan I think brighter days are ahead for both these guys I'm not saying I'm exactly gonna be shit but I I think there's going to be a few more stinkers in there than what and Mike's from, used to and from the Tennessee's perspective I don't know if they're going to play many worse games than that this year that was not not good yeah um, it was and it awful. seems like Zona had their number the good for Mike though as we move on is Jalen Hurts, Devonta Smith, that stack, which mm -hmm. was not exactly one of the most anticipated stacks going into this year, but it looked really good. Preseason darling Marvin Jones, the guy who I said was going to jump his ADP by 30 spots. Mike's receiving core was really, really good. Mm -hmm. um, really liked what he, he really liked what he saw to these guys, including Bollywood Hollywood Brown <laughs> getting his uh, his receiving touchdown. 
he got 16, 16, 16 from Smith, Brown, Jones, Juju puts up whatever, uh, 7.2 in Very his flex spot. Juju line, yeah. But even Jarvis on the bench, yeah. like, I don't know, like, it, maybe it's not all doom and gloom for Mike. Darren Waller is going to be the X factor from this year. And mm-hmm. I mean, that guy just absolutely four targets, man. absolutely silly. Get excited. Um, yeah, the receivers. I mean, again, it's week one. I'm going to say this all pod. It's week one. Relax. Totally. Marquise Brown. Guys are going to get healthier there. Sammy Watkins was very much involved without that TD. It's a what? Nine point game. It's not that special. Devonte was the big takeaway for me. He looked like he was good. I was very impressed with him. He did. I'm trying that to pull up his numbers good. now. Yeah, eight targets, 71 yards, and a touchdown. But again, playing Atlanta, they are a dumpster fire. Like, we'll see. We'll see when they face some tougher matchups. They really are. I yeah. mean, the thing about Devonta Smith is that he, he's going to get four games against Dallas yeah. and the Giants combined. Obviously, the Redskins, uh, I do this all the time, the football team's defense <laughs> is going to be a tougher matchup. We move on, though, to yeah. Ryan's situation here. First, we talk about Austin Eckler. Mm-hmm. He didn't catch a ball. Yeah, concerning. What the hell is that? <laughs> it was weird. Maybe it was the hammy thing. Like, he came into the week, hamstring, that was all the talk, right? Oh, my God, he hasn't practiced, hasn't practiced. The team kept saying he was fine. He kept saying he was fine. It keeps creeping up with this guy, eh? Like, he just keeps getting weird, nagging little injuries. I mean, I wouldn't see much of it. He's lucky he got the TD early and banked that one, or else this day could have been a disaster. But the no-catch thing is very bizarre. Uh, I don't think that's going to be the norm, but it's something to flag and just kind of keep an eye on moving forward. For on, sure. a, on a day that Herbert threw 47 times right. too, I think he really trusts his receivers. Not to Big say time. that, not to say that he doesn't love and trust his running back, who by the way is jacked. Mm-hmm. And if there's a guy who isn't going to get hurt, it's that guy who's built like an absolute unit. Yep. Uh, but Ryan should be just fine there. Maybe not so fine is the Steelers offensive line. Uh, won't make any predictions. Like you said, we're relaxing. It's week one. It's all uh, good. Usa. The Steelers O-line could be a problem for Najee, could be a problem for Ben. Um, Not sure what to expect out of the Steelers defense. They won that game against the Bills, Mm -hmm. but Najee not really having many holes to run, uh, to run through. Yeah, that was the big question with them was like their their O-line has been totally retooled and revamped. We don't know what that's going to look like. Um, It was the only knock really on Najee, but he had 100%, I'm pretty sure, of the RB snaps in that game. That is fucking absurd that's like saquon barkley level rookie year like usage so i think brighter days are ahead for him but yeah like he's i bet you he's gonna have a handful more of these games where like what did he have 16 for 45 and like not a lot like one catch like that's gonna happen i think a little bit and you just gotta hope for the touchdowns because he's just gonna get all the volume right so let me tell you what's scary about ryan's team his point total this week is 148 mm. which is the third highest if i'm correct here the third highest point total of the week okay Cooper Cup goes nuts in his flex, 20. Here's his receivers otherwise. Uh, Hopkins, 23. Lamb, 19. Robbie Anderson, 12. All very good to respectable. Dak, 28. Then you go to his running back spots and George Kittle with only nine points. Najee with five. Eckler with 11. The point I'm trying to make here is there were some really up... There were some really up games this week from his quarterback and some of his receivers and the running backs were extremely disappointing for what we'd expect out of them. Yeah. If that somehow balances somewhere in the middle where the running backs are better and the receivers are worse, if Ryan's floor is set at 140 plus, oh God. Yeah. Right. And the the roster is stacked. Injuries are obviously going to come into play and bye weeks and what have you. By the way, he still had Daryl Henderson and Antonio Brown on the bench. So 
Ryan's team is scary is what I'm trying to say. This is what I was going to say too, is like Robbie Anderson had one catch and it happened to be 57 yards for a touchdown. Well, okay. You'd be worried about that. Oh shit. He's not going to do that next week. No problem. Antonio Brown subs in like no, literally no problem at all. Uh, I'm pretty sure he could start Darrell Henderson in the flex next week. Now there's options, right? I, I see what you're saying. He's got a lot of depth, a lot of talented guys in this team, but Hey, Week one, last year after this time of year, we thought CRG's team was a wagon. His receivers were sick. Oh, my God. What's going to happen? Relax. Bingo. Good team. You Good and team. I. You and I next week, Tones. I don't know if you know this yet. We're playing each other? No, no. Oh. We're going to come out and put up the most points in the league next week. I don't know if you know that yet. Do you oh, know I, that? I 100% know that. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. Nostradors. Yeah. Here we Nostradors. go. Nostradors. I love it. Uh, moving on. Yeah. Dan. Wins again. What else is new? Dan is 1-0. CRG is 0-1. 175 to 114, <clears throat> the final score. Starting with CRG. Rodgers and Adams, oh God, mm. not good. You need to do a 30 to 60 second recap on what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with Green Bay. Or is it really just the Saints defense this week, Tones? Oh, we're just the best, stories. We're the yeah. best. What a team. Marshall Latimer locking dudes down. The pass rush was beautiful. Oh, everything is great. No, I mean, fuck, man. Like, this was shocking. Like, by far the most shocking part of week one is Aaron Jones, Devonte Adams, Aaron, uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers, just absolutely abysmal, totally irrelevant. And that's never going to happen again. Aaron Rodgers will never put up three points. I will bet every dollar I have that he will not put up three points again this season. Um, weather the storm CRG, it's all good. Still put up 114 despite this, like that stack's going to be lethal going forward. Like you said earlier, they're playing the lions next week. It's going to be a get right game. Everyone's getting fed. It's going to be sexual. Get excited. Yeah, his receiver trio, the week that was for his receiver trio, just not pretty. Eight from Devontae, seven from Ridley. Evans had three. In fact, Aaron Rodgers and Mike Evans combined scored fewer points than Ryan Suckup, who hit one field goal and had four PATs. So that's pretty much how Janera's week went. But he'll be fine. Joe Mixon is back. Mm. And honorable mention uh, on the Greg Jennings, which is a award that we're handing out again this week, the performer of the week. Honorable mention goes to Amari Cooper, who we live watched get injured like four times (laughs) and yet still persevere to put up a whopping total of 32 fantasy points with two receiving touchdowns on Thursday night um, against the Bucks. Janera, you got brighter days ahead. The one point I wanted to make on Mixon was we've been waiting for Joe Mixon to get into an offense that had an improved offensive line and weapons to, uh, to throw to for Joe Burrow, who's also really good. And the first glimpse of that is a 23-point outburst, which is one of the highest running back totals of the week. Very impressed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, move on to Dan for a second. Uh, Dan's 175 points rivals the 183 that you put up in, I think it was 2017 against Rich. Not good enough, Danny boy. He thought he had it. He really did think he had it. And and obviously it's not going to take very long for that old record to be broken, but we are in the half peeper era. Mm. So here we are. Uh, Dan confident after week one tones. Yeah, very confident. Uh, And he should be. He's got a really good team. We loved his draft and his keepers showed up, man. Swift, Swift looks like he's going to be an absolute monster. A problem, yeah. He's got to stay healthy, but man, oh man, the usage is going to be beautiful. And Miles Sanders showed up. He got some good work in. Like, Chubbs doesn't catch passes, but did you see his, I think it was his second touchdown? There was nobody near this man. The Mm. hole was, he had half the field. It was an actual joke. Like, it was really funny. If you haven't, pull it up. If you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, 
watch it. It's literally comedy. Um, he could have, honest to God, waltzed into the end zone. Uh, but yeah, Swift was the encouraging one for me. He had eight receptions. That's not surprising at all. Had 20 points. He's a beast, man. He's going to be awesome this year. And that was my takeaway from the Lions. There's two things I want to make on the Lions points. The first is Swift. 11 carries, 39 yards, not great. But how many catches is this guy going to have this year? Tons. That's how they are going to use him. Jared Goff and TJ Hawkinson are exactly what Jared Goff is going to go to. It's the short dump off, the underneath throws, and let them do the work after the fact. Dan had, and this is what I love, the Lions are terrible. Sorry, Dan, you know that. But 25 or so percent of his entire output this week came from, and that's a big total, 175, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. came from two Detroit Lions. Yeah. Hawk and Swift, two Crazy. guys that he loves and are on the team that he cheers for, which I think is fantastic. It's always fun to get some good confirmation bias in week one we knew we had an idea of what this line's offense would look like and literally week one it came out and was like yep yep pretty much what we expected it's all hawkinson it's all swift let's go and speaking of what we expected everyone wanted kyler murray and he puts up 34 absolutely (sighs) dominating that game um i think that's pretty much all i have for dan because tones i think we're going to be talking a lot about his team this year uh and it annoys me again i feel like i say that every year in week one or two but uh, not to put it on him, but hey, the week three injuries, what is the week two or three injury bug is coming for Dan, whoa, right? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't wish injuries on people, man. No, that's bad. That's bad juju right there. That is bad. I'm going to get called out for that. Yeah, that's tough. That's We're tough not going to cut it out. Tough I don't scenes. want it to happen. I just know that last year shit happened and I don't want it to happen again to him. It's going to happen to all of us. Absolutely. Except for Franco, apparently. Who beat me? Franco's next. You're not happy about this. Franco wins 126 to 108. Um, Tones, I think it's appropriate that he beat you. Because you chirped him so much um, coming up to this. I don't know when I play Franco, but I will probably lose to him too. Because the fantasy gods will rain down hellfire on us for being so mean. I ain't scared. Um, Who the fuck is Trent Sherfield? (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's better than Brandon Ayuk, apparently. That is so bizarre to me. Brandon Ayuk was so hyped going into the season People thought this dude, I saw some rankings that had him comfortably in the top 12 wide receivers this year, and it didn't seem crazy. Like, the sky is the fucking limit for this kid, and he just, they're like, yeah, you're going to be active, but not see a target. I don't think he, I think he played, what, one snap or something like that? Uh, Yeah, I don't know It was like, what the fuck? Like, I don't understand, and then like. Psycho Shanahan after is like, well, he just got beat out. He had the hamstring injury. Sherfield came in and played really well, which apparently he did. He caught a bunch of touchdowns from Trey Lance when he was in. Like, you're just going to bail on a first round rookie like that? Like, or a first rounder like that? Like, I just don't understand. Like, what do you do now with Brandon? I, you can't start him going forward. I think the entire 49ers work. Well, this is going to be a theme in three different matchups here. Um, but the 49ers are going to be very confusing. Uh, this year because Kyle Shanahan is a madman. Sherfield only two receptions um, and a touchdown. He caught right. He did he catch the was it the first touchdown? He he caught the first touchdown of the game. I know that, but that wasn't the Lance, was it? That wasn't the Lance touchdown. Oh, I, I don't, don't remember. Know. And I'm, I'm not. not sure. I, I don't mean to put you on the spot like that. It's not that he had such a huge role. It's just that his presence took it away from Ayuk. And what I laughed at is I'm driving back uh, south from the cottage and all of a sudden I get this notification as I'm watching maybe or may, may or may not have been watching uh, Red Zone in the <laughs> Watch the road, in the car with, uh, with Steph on the way back. However, 
I'm looking, I'm like, it's 7 nothing. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? I'm like, look at all the names, the weapons on this 49ers roster. And this is the guy that catches the first pass, like passing touchdown of the game for this Crazy, team? crazy. Unbelievable. Debo went ballistic. That was the whole debate of like, do you just take the cheaper guy out of these two guys because it is hashtag Shanahan and we just don't know on any given week. Clearly those people were right. But again, this could, f- I would, would you be shocked at all if Ayuk next week is eight for 120 and a touchdown and Debo is two for 15? No, I wouldn't and, be and at Ayuk, all. And Ayuk is throwing for touchdowns right. and also rushed in yeah, another yeah, one. Yeah, takes an end around. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think the big thing to talk about with Franco is like the Mahomes thing. Like, I honestly think this matchup like puts this debate of his keeper situation to bed a little bit. He was dead. After the one o'clock games, like I was winning comfortably. My receivers went fucking off. His, his IU had four points. Julio Jones had four points. I had AJ Brown who had 12. I'm like, oh, this thing's in the bag. Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes combine for 50. What? For what is that? 56 points. 50, yeah, okay. 55, they yeah. went insane. Yeah. And immediately got him back into this matchup. And then Alvin Kamara and the rest of his squad took care of the rest. Pittsburgh's defense, Justin Tucker, the, the, the supporting cast just figured it out. Like his team didn't do that well this week, but he got enough out of four guys yeah. that were just, that just, here you go, off you go. I didn't have a bad week this week. If Aaron Jones is Aaron Jones, like he normally is, and like I make the smart flex move, and don't start a zero there. It's this isn't even a contest. We're not talking about Franco one to know, but yep. that's the way the cookie crumbles. Like Mahomes, this is exactly why I kept him, man. They're so valuable together, man. It's so I get it now. I understand it. Like I kind of got it when it happened, but like that's more valuable than having Keenan Allen, I think. And I think when we were talking about it, you and I, based on the conversations I had with other people after the keeper uh, deadline had come and go, you were actually one of the most understanding people yeah. in terms of the selection. Other people, maybe not so much in my conversations with them. Like you said, here he is. It's 33 points in week one and is the reason why he wins this week against you. Another reason, though, is something you already alluded to. It was the flex decision. You started Elijah Moore in your flex, a rookie making his first career start in his first career game. Four targets, one catch, negative three yards. Is that good? Not good. Um, The catch, though, elevates him to make him not have (laughs) negative points on the week. But the decision was between him and Shepard. Explain that decision. Oh, man. I drafted Shepard at the end of the fucking draft. I got him in like the 10th round, and I'm thinking, well... I know Galladay's banged up. I know Ingram's not playing. There's going to be targets. I need a guy to start week one. I don't have draft picks. I literally draft him thinking he's going to be my starting flex week one. I get Elijah Moore and all of a sudden Crowder isn't playing. And all of a sudden there was another guy there that wasn't playing either. And I'm like, man, the reports out of camp was that this guy was fucking unguardable. All this stuff, the matchup I kind of like too. And I'm thinking, I think there's higher upside betting on the non-Daniel Jones guy. Right. And I uh, and then Denver's defense, I thought would be much better than it was. It was still pretty good. But man, like uh, it's just unfortunate, man. Like I thought they were neck and neck. And I just said, I got enamored with the rookie. And I just thought, oh, my God, what if he breaks out? I'm going to look like a fucking genius. Stupid, man. Just start the boring guy sometimes. No one's excited about Sterling Shepard. But this guy just puts up numbers all the time. And it's why I drafted him. Like he quietly puts up like 90 targets every single year. No one gives a fuck. Like. I, I don't know, man. I was so annoyed with myself. I would have won this matchup. Sterling Shepard put up 20 points on my bench. I would have won. 
and I would have been what like third or fourth place. We were talking points four. I would have been right up there. It would have been totally fine. There you go. So sometimes, man, like we sit here and dissect these teams at nauseum, but sometimes it's one decision that changes. All, uh, one week and then that can snowball into what if I lose next totally, week now totally. what right like all it takes is just that one thing man like it's really frustrating because the rest of my team produced pretty well man I wasn't wasn't upset with what happened this week I understand the stay away against Denver's defense with mm-hmm. Shepard he ends up finishing with a team high nine targets seven catches 113 and a touchdown and I get it man lots of receivers in New York Daniel Jones is very uninspiring I totally get where you're coming from there but like you said, those are the decisions that end up hurting that we never talk about after week one. Totally. You just look at the record. Um, luckily, T. Higgins is okay for Oof. you. There was a bit of a scare there. I'm sure you were a little con- you were a little concerned about that. I, like you, was in the car, saw that, and I'm like, oh, fuck, what happened? I'm like, of course, that would happen to me, but yeah. all good. Just drink your water, T. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Getting carted off. And, and the, I think the worst part about all of that is when you aren't watching and guys oh. start lighting up the chat. You just don't know what to expect. And a lot of times it's in there just to stir it up a Dude, little bit. But Nothing's worse than the like Higgins, OMG. And you're like, this could be awesome or this could be horrific. Yeah. Like it's there's no in the middle here. You didn't just have a 30 yard catch. Like that's not what happens. And here. you know, if it was in all caps, it was Nick Dottle reacting. Yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. I 100%. love how much Nick loves football. Oh, it's great. Makes me happy. Um, um, yeah, go better ahead. days are ahead for my running back. So I'm just trying to be positive here. This was something that I was very curious about to see after week one. And obviously, again, it's week one. Aaron Jones, the usage you can't really like care that much about because this game got out of hand and most of the guys got benched. I was really curious how A.J. Dillon was going to work in there. Here's his final snap count for Aaron Jones. He had 100% of Green Bay snaps in the first quarter while the game was still in like very much in play. 77% of the snaps at halftime. Yep. Again, this game was still a game at this point. That is so fucking encouraging to me. He's never gotten usage like that, literally ever. Do I expect it to be 100% going forward? Absolutely not. But that is incredibly encouraging. And on the flip side, Antonio Gibson, thank fucking God, 87% of the running back rushes, 23% target share. Oh, that makes my wiener firm, baby. Very firm indeed. This man's about to go to the stratosphere. He had 20 carries in a close game, had five targets. I was fucking loving what I was seeing. These two guys are going to go ballistic this year, and I'm excited about it. One quick thing I want to mention is that we got news today that Michael Thomas was placed on the COVID list. So hey, oh. now he's got all of the How? things. Where's where's he going? Yeah, he's just got he's just got all, what's happening. He's just got all the problems. So Franco, if you have two guys injured next week, just so you know, Thomas can be your third on the IR because oh, apparently man. this guy's yoloing while he's not in the lineup. Stud. We'll see what he gets out of Thomas when he comes back. We move on though. Uh, Rob beats me in a very uninspiring first mm. week matchup, uh, one twenty one to one hundred eight the final. Rob started 0-4 last year, Tone, so he's, uh, is he going to sell? <laughs> no, I guess not, because he won a game, so. So Rob goes from, yeah. Gus Edwards is hurt, I'm selling him out. Yeah. Starts 1-0, now what? Only 121 points, nothing to write home to mom about here, but. Nope. Um, he started 0-4 last year, he was very frustrated, he was putting up numbers, now let's see what he does, I'm very curious. My big thing with him, Saquon on the bench. Why is he listening to us? We don't, we know nothing. But that was a good move, man. Had three points. Like, I was very impressed that he benched him. Because that could be a very emotional... He's all excited. He acquired him last year, right? That's my that's my superstar keeper. 
I want to get him in the lineup if he's playing. That's a bold move to bench him, and it was the right one. I think it would have been a huge mistake, and not just hindsight here. I think it would have been a huge mistake going in to start him. Yeah, and it, it ends up not costing him, but it's these decisions that end up costing you down the road when the matchups mean a little bit more. Um, 100%. It was definitely a bold move and obviously the right one. On the flip side of his team, someone on the bench, Jamar Chase, he can see. <laughs> Turns out... One of the most prolific fucking college wide receivers of all time can catch a football. Yeah. Shocking. <laughs> just sometimes these camp reports, man, Dude. they're just so silly. Like we had pro football talk, full blown write ups, yeah. articles about like I remember seeing the headline. It was like Jamar Chase drops bubble screen like that, uh, like on one play. Like, are we kidding right now? Like where the, where's the thing on left guard did you gives read up sack? Like, did, did you read the article? Yeah, I skimmed through it. I'm like, this there, is a okay. joke. Then that's, that's exactly why yeah, it's written. You're right, you're right. And Fuck, it's exactly why it's written. Do you, do you understand the Fuck. media world? I click because I shook my head and I'm like, what the hell could they even write about this? It was ridiculous, man. Also, fuck PFT. Jamar, um, Jamar Chase, five catches, yeah. 101, the touchdown, led the team with seven targets. I think that's good. Not good? We go to me a little oh bit. Oh, boy. Sermon. Got to get your take on this. So we have another situation to discuss in... Um, in San Fran because they don't start the rookie. We find out the morning of, I think Rich had told me that all of a sudden sermon is not going to play. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then on the flip side, Debo Samuel with an insane game. Mm -hmm. So I'll get to that in a second. I'm not worried about sermon and I don't know if people are actually going to believe me or not. This is not something that I'm at all concerned about. He's a rookie. Uh, If you're Kyle Shanahan, you drafted him because you know what he can be. You uh, spent uh, a pick on him in a position where you could have taken someone else to help your team, but you know that this guy's going to be really good. We knew that Mostert was going to get hurt. I think Kyle Shanahan knew that Mostert was going to get hurt. The thing is, this guy's a complete madman. As we see with Debo Samuel, he's just going to draw a name out of a hat every week and decide that day, morning of, who's going to get the who's going to get the traction. It doesn't matter. I mean, he's going to pick a new guy every single week. I think Sermon by week. Seven, eight, nine. Somewhere in the middle of the season, it's going to have a much better understanding of this offense. He's mm. going to know what he wants. All reports out of camp, the same reports we just trashed. All reports out of camp was that he understands the offense. He can be a player on uh, in every aspect that Shanahan needs him to be. So am I worried? No. He'll get his other guys to go in there now. This uh, I'm glad that we're going to send this out before waivers goes. Yeah, uh, right? that'll be interesting. You know, waivers is going to be really interesting. The question is, am I going to bet a lot of money on what is Elijah Mitchell? Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Let's just say we'll see about that. Mm-hmm. Am I worried about him? Absolutely not. Because... I do think that Sermon is a talent, then I'm going to bet on the talent. Third round pick. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, very interesting. Very surprising. I think it's just it's just the fact that he was a healthy scratch. It's not like he played and only had five carries. Like, healthy scratch is fucking alarming. And, like, obviously now he's going to play. And that's what's the good news for you. No matter what next week, he is going to be active. They literally have to do it. So they had three running backs that got carries in this game. Mm. It was Raheem Mostert, who was out, yeah. Jermichael Hasty, who was there last year, and this Mitchell guy. Yeah. I don't really know where the hell this guy came from, and I will be doing more research on that mm-hmm. in the next three hours after we record. <laughs> trust me. But to me, it's a little random, and it reminds me of Bill Belichick picking whoever he wants. Was it Jonas Gray? To just, Jonas Gray, oh my to God. To just come off the bench, score four, and then he'll never take a snap again. I could be so wrong about that. It could yeah, be the yeah. worst take of all time, but yeah. to me... 
He's going to play the kid. It's just a matter of time. He's got to get used to the offense. It's going to be very interesting for sure to go for it. Every year, this backfield's always very interesting. It's always just a bunch of dudes. It's so fucking wild. Another interesting backfield is the Chiefs and the usage of Clyde. He gets in for a ton of snaps. He's in there all the time. I think game script went against Clyde this week, and I won't presume to know how they're going to use him in the future, but I think there are bright days ahead. We didn't see very much of Clyde last year. I don't think the Chiefs are going to be so far down in so many games against good run-stopping defenses like the Browns. I see better days ahead for Clyde. I think this may have been a kind of one-off week. I think I disagree. This is exactly what we saw from him last year. He's not efficient. He just might not be talented. We think he is because he was a first-round pick, but people forget that was a reach. Like that was a luxury. Hey, we can just handpick the guy that we think fits best in our in our mm-hmm. scheme and our system. Clyde Edwards-Helaire going into that season was supposed to be a second or third round pick. Then the Chiefs reach and grab him at the thirty second pick because why the fuck not? We just won the Super Bowl. Sure, I am very concerned. Like fourteen attempts, fourteen carries is more than enough fucking opportunity to be able to do something with it. He was like this last year. Against Cleveland though? Yes, even against Cleveland. Even against Cleveland. So what? Like, So if you're going to be a good running back in the NFL, you're going to have to do it against some tough matchups. Like, somebody somebody decent, I think it was Miles Sanders or somebody, had a nice day against a really fucking good defense too. And it's just like, yeah, like sometimes you just got to fucking nut up and do it, especially in this offense. Think about it. No one's worried about Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Everyone's worried about Patrick Mahomes. He's not playing against loaded boxes. Like, I'm a little worried, man. Like, Clyde, he just might not be it, man. He just might not be very good. Like, yep. I, I I don't know. If he was there, I would have grabbed him at the right price early, first half, first round. Nah. I would have passed. I really would have. Don't worry. He has uh, <laughs> Naheem Hines now, who he paid $0 for. God damn it. Tones, uh 11 points out of Naheem Hines. Had a decently efficient day. Speaking of efficiency, how much did you pay for him last year? Like <laughs> 40. No. Oh, yeah. 40. Oh, yeah. Tons. It was up there. It was like 45 bucks or Excuse something like that. Excuse me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That is crazy. Way more that than That was I right thought. after Mark Ingram, man. That was right after Mark Ingram. And I was like, oh, shit. And I panicked. I full tilted, man. It wasn't good. Wasn't good, buddy. So, wasn't so smart. Rob got him for $0. Yeah, zero. Are you jealous? A little bit, because he was solid, man. He's good in half peeper. What did he do this week? What did he do? 11 points? Yeah, man. He's fine. That's 70 yards. Six catches. It's excellent. To recap Rob's day, not good. Not bad. No. Nope. Wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow morning there's a big trade to announce that Ooh. Rob is selling someone. Oh. I have no wow, inside information. Some there. Oh, no. Absolutely I was, not. My ears perked right up. Yeah. Rob's selling. All right. Uh, you heard let's it here do, first. Uh, let's do Nick and Rich. Nick is 1-0. He beats the defending champ. This yeah. was a good matchup. 147 to 130. Richie said it. Sucks to lose when you put up a nice day. Uh, we have to talk about Nick's constant ability to just find fucking running backs. Not only does he bet big on a Ravens running back, he bets big on two of them, spends 23 bucks on Tyson Williams, who no one heard of 10 days ago, and grabs old man Latavius Murray for 12 bucks. Tyson, 16 points. Murray, 8 points. They both delivered on Monday night. Is like, this guy just, Rich said it. We just keep letting him do it. But like, do we? Like, we can all bid the same, like, 23 bucks, like... Someone just pull the trigger. You know what I mean? Like he just, he just takes these gambles and they work out. I think the last two years, what we've seen is we've seen Nick make a lot of trade. I'm not trying to take away from him. Okay. But I'm trying to make a practical uh, (laughs) reason as to why this is happening. Okay. He's had drafts that have been questionable with few picks. 
So he goes into week one knowing he's got to move and shake. And when you draft shit guys, with all due respect, you have to move and shake before week one. I didn't want to, to, to pick up James Robinson because I liked my running back situation last year. I like my running back situation mm-hmm, this year. Mm-hmm. And going into week one, I had one move to make. That's it. Just yep. one. And I figured I'd take a chance on the New York Jets backfield and I would just take a guy for zero dollars because it's early in the season. I don't know who's going to be good. And I like my roster. Nick didn't like his roster. If there's anyone who's going to spend big money, it was probably going to be one of the Dottos. And Nick goes in and does it. Not only is it the Ravens, which is his team, but he has that RB2 spot to fill and he thinks that he did it. I remember making this point last year. I think it was in regards to your team. Correct me if I'm wrong. Where I was talking about exactly this, where if you're selling, you actually have some kind of weird advantage because you can just take these shots on absolute nobodies that turn out to be good. And now it's found money and you can then flip them for picks like Rich did with Travis Fulgham. Because your team is so bad that you can just drop them and like you know like you just have guys to burn right yeah what you're saying is very valid you got to drop a guy to pick a guy up yeah but like a team like dan to pick up the top waiver wire guy you're dropping someone pretty half decent you're always asking yourself like is this guy worth it like towards the middle of last year when my team was on paper loaded i was like i had no one to drop so i didn't really feel the 45 dollars from naheem hines right and it was just like eh like, and, we'll see what happens. And the thing about pre-week one, I mean, before a ball is snapped yeah, yeah. on the season, is that you'd literally just drafted. If we drafted on August 15th mm-hmm. and we came to now two plus weeks later to week one, there would be much more moving and shaking because totally. of injuries. I mean, yeah. Gus Edwards, multiple injuries, yeah, yeah. guys, roles change, whatever, what have you. We drafted three nights before the season started for seven years. And this time we drafted 24 hours before the season started. So for Nick, and again, all due respect, yeah. the man deserves respect. He's got a name on the trophy a couple times, but he had spots to burn. So he did it. And he knew one of these guys was going to take over. And none of us really wanted to make the move. I didn't want to make a choice between these two guys right. and make the wrong one. Right. Burn 15 bucks or more, apparently, to get Tyson. And then, and then have that looming over me and had dropped someone that maybe I really liked, which was my case. 100%. And that's exactly where we're at. The first taste of the uh, half peeper for CMC tones, you figured this out right before we started taping. The highest scoring RB of the week, he didn't have a touchdown. <laughs> so I think that CMC is going to be just fine this year in our format. <laughs> you just got to laugh, eh? Like, he is such a freak of nature, bro. He is so ridiculous. He looked good, man. He looked healthy. I only watched highlights. I didn't watch that game very closely at all. But man, oh man, like, uh, that's scary. Like, because he's going to have games where he has three touchdowns and this. And then what? We're talking, like, he's going to get, like, what do you think is the highest points that CMC is going to put up this year? I think he has a 50 in him. I really do. Yeah, perhaps. Like, it was 23 today, and he didn't crack 100 rushing or 100 receiving. And he also didn't score any touchdowns. I mean, I really don't know what to expect out of this format. Some other guys do. I don't because I've never played this before. So let's let's do the quick map, okay? If he gets 100 rushing, I don't like where this is going. No, no, that's fine. I'm just I just want to play it out because I'm like 50 points seems high, but let's actually do it. 100 yards rushing, 100 yards receiving, so 200 total points. Here we go. We're good. Math 20. There's 20. Let's say there's what nine catches. Let's say yeah, he had nine today this week. Let me do this. Let me do this quick for you because I just thought of this. Four touchdowns is 24 points. Yeah, he had. 
23 this week, yeah. and he didn't crack 100 on either the receiving or the rushing right. end. All he needs is another 9 or 10 catch game, crack 100 on one of those totals, re- receiving or rushing, yeah, yeah. give me four touchdowns. Wow. If he gets four touchdowns yeah. this year, the game will be that it ran through him and yeah. he'll have 50 points. Kamara That's had conceivable. six in a game last year. That's fucking crazy. That's conceivable. Single, like, you were talking about league winners, like, that's the biggest one we've ever seen probably in our league's history. Totally. And it's his... It's another one of his his uh, keepers that ends up putting up the highest total of the week. In fact, he, for us, is our Greg Jennings Performer of the Week. Fuck it. You can't stop me. Now, look, Tyreek was outscored by Amari Cooper this week, which in some situations may make you think, oh, why would he get the... Well, it's because without... Tyreek Hill, Nick Dotto, mm-hmm. would not have won this matchup. A 17-point differential between him and Rich, and Tyreek puts up 31. It's how he did it. It's the guy that he had, 11 catches, 197, and the touchdown. The touchdown was just so dumb. The guy just runs straight, yeah. loses a guy late, and then literally just like trots, walks into the end zone. The guy's a, a machine. I uh, absolutely love that he did it against Rich. I love it. Um, Very it's great. It's good stuff. Also, um, 15 targets, by the way, for yeah, that 11 reception. Ho-hum, right? Um, Mike Williams, my boy. Is very good, and he's going to be very good this year. Just stay healthy. The yep. way they used him was exactly what we all thought he would do. Very excited about him. If you're Nick, uh, finished with 18 points. What do you have? Eight catches, 12 targets? He's never seen that kind of volume in this offense, ever. He's always been three catches, couple of them are bombs. Like I said in the draft pod, all he did was run straight lines. That's it. And they just chucked it up to him. No longer is that the case. That's uh, a great pick for Nikki D. And like very we jealous said, of it. And like we said, Justin Herbert, 47 attempts. Mm-hmm. This probably cuts into Austin Eckler's workload this week. They may have had a matchup they wanted to exploit. And there's Mike Williams. The good news is that he's on the field. He's catching balls. Nick Dotto's happy. Yep. Uh, quickly on Rich, <laughs> one week after being named the worst pick for him, there's Adam Thielen going off for nine catches, 92 yards, two touchdowns. Tones, still the worst pick for Rich? Or? Yep. Okay, sticking Moving to on. it. That's yep. fine. Sticking yep. to it. Sticking to it. It's week one. Relax. Woosa. 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 We okay. mentioned the Jerry Judy injury. Uh-huh. Um, this obviously impacts Rich. I want to make the point that it really doesn't matter whatsoever. We said that Judy's going to be back, but high ankles can, can linger. I think that Rich has to be really happy about what he saw out of his team this week. Mm-hmm. Other than the... 25 from Thielen and the 27 from Russ. It's the receivers and the guy he had on his bench and David Montgomery. Montgomery looked good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's safe to say, and I know that we we want to do the whole relax, don't overreact situation here. But Montgomery looked like the guy that we saw in the second half of last season and certainly not the guy we saw in the first half of last season. I um, He's the guy I was just thinking about when I was talking some running back did really well in a really tough matchup. He did this against the Rams. That's right. Like that is impressive. Like the Rams have a stout defense. We all know it. Like it's really good. He was very good. hundred percent. I don't know if it was the Rams last year, but there was a stat on a defense who held elite rushers, Zeke, Henry, what have you to under a hundred yards rushing. uh, And they had a list that they compiled by like week 13 I don't remember if it was last year. Pitt, New Orleans. I'm very curious to see the Rams in 10 weeks mm-hmm. and see if anyone other than David fucking Montgomery eclipsed 100 yards. The guy had 108, 10 receiving yards, and a touchdown. Yep. What a performance. So to put it into perspective and, and flip it back to the injury to Jerry Judy, his new lineup could look like this. Diggs, Thielen, Brandon Cooks, mm-hmm. and or Jalen Waddle, yeah. who looked phenomenal yep. in his rookie debut. Yep. 
and then you add Montgomery to the flex. All I'm saying is that Rich actually has more depth than I personally would have given him credit for after the draft. And he's probably not even that all all that upset. You put Judy on the IR, you pick up somebody else and hope for the best. And oh, yeah, by the way, he still has Delvin Cook and Jonathan yep. Taylor. Rich started 0-2 last year, ended up winning. Yep. Woosah, everybody. Woosah. Absolutely. A couple uh, takeaways for you, Tone, that yeah. I just want to throw out there before we move on because we're done the matchups, but some interesting revenge wins this week, in my opinion. So Nick, for example, he doesn't want the Dottos to be slain. So instead, he beats Rich. Franco, he de- defies your chirps and mine. He beats you, comes out with, with a vengeance. And Dan, certainly back with a vengeance after a tough last season. He puts up the highest score of the week. Guys came out hungry. Maybe others didn't. I got I to gotta get my appetite up for next week. Let's Whoa, just put it that way. You weren't hungry? I'm starving. I'm starving all the time. Tones. What's that, uh, what's that Denzel clip? I was starving. <laughs> so it's, it always makes me laugh. I don't know why. It's just really funny. It's all these people around him. <laughs> He's got the great Denzel smile. Anything, Good shit. Anything Denzel does is oh, great. It's great. It's great. All right, marquee time. Here we Let's go. Let's What do you got? I've got Nick taking on Dan. Oh, because yeah. obviously every time these two match up, it feels like it should be a rivalry week, but we can't just do that every single time. I like this. It's two guys who want that third chip. It's two guys who came out 1-0. And I know that both, you talk about Hungary, I know both these guys want to win this thing. Dan Dan always says he wants anyone other than himself. And like, if he's not going to win it, doesn't want it to be Nick. Doesn't matter who right. it is. Could be Franco, could be you, could be me. Probably, actually, probably not us. But, you know, moving on. He, he, doesn't, he secretly loves us. I know he does. But he doesn't want it to be Nick. So even one win in week two of the regular season means something. And sometimes you can chalk up early season losses to whatever it is, but Dan does not want Nick to win this. And I can't wait to see it play out. Yeah, it's going to be a good one for sure. Two good teams. Let's see what happens. Um, All right, I got Rich versus Ryan. Why? Is the champ really going to start 0-2? The defending champion has to stare at that trophy in his living room and go, I let you down. 0-2 start is... Not good for a champ. You got to wear that shit. Let's see if he can, with his new revamp lineup, as we just described, uh, can right the ship here. And then for Ryan, we like his team. He had a great week one. He's 1-0. If he comes out and puts up numbers again, I think he can establish himself as a very early, like last year with CRG. We're not doing power rankings for a couple weeks here, but he can establish himself as a possible favorite early season to win the whole damn thing and take it from rich did we give ryan credit yet for trey lance lance refrigeration did we do that i don't think we did (gasps) and now that we're here at the end of this podcast i think it's time that we shout this out what was the reference again someone told it to me oh the office you don't know the office yeah i don't know office quotes i've seen the office like six times but for some reason the quotes don't stick so phyllis's husband bob vance vance refrigeration he always comes on and looks at the cameras because remember in the office they're filming a documentary yeah yeah, yeah. so as promotion for his company he always kind of gives a smirk to the camera he goes oh "Ah, bob vance vance refrigeration and he always introduces himself full name with his place to give himself a little extra advertising, you know? This is the part that kills me, though. He's got all these studs in this team. Yeah. And he picks Trey fucking Lance can to I name say, his team after it. Can I, yeah, I think that he picked up Trey Lance to make this make this. Oh, team my God. Out. Just for that? Wow. He, That's a flex. That's how good his team is. He does can just it, do that shit. Does it for the content. Yeah. Uh, give it a, out of five. Six and a half. Whoa. Yeah, it's just so good. I'll give it a three. 
All right, that's fine. It's solid. It's fine. As a life, my head, like I said, as a lifelong, yeah, as the, as an Office fan, you know, it's it's. Just, I like the Office. I just I don't know. It's fine. All right, that's fine. That's fine. So Ryan, thanks, thank you for doing it for us. I feel like it wasn't even for anybody else. It was great. <laughs> um, Tones, action-packed week one oh, podcast, baby. Are you are you fired up for week two? Because I'm very excited. We have waivers coming down in about five or six hours. We also have Giants and the football team on Thursday night. Not quite the uh, Cowboys Bucks <laughs> matchup from last Thursday. Didn't Daniel Jones wipe out in a primetime game last year? Wasn't that when he tripped on his ass? The Wasn't Eagles that a primetime game against the Eagles? Yeah, yeah I believe it so was. Hopefully he game. does it again. I would very much enjoy that, and I would very much enjoy a nice thirty-point game out of Antonio Gibson. That's gonna be sexy. Crazy stuff happens on one Thursday. Night. Oh yeah, we'll see it again. Um, sure. Yeah, man, it's great to be back. Football's back. It's fucking awesome. The Saints are good somehow. My team's gonna be fine. Only loss of the year. Let's fucking go. Yeah.